mom day. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I realize it's mom day on a Tuesday. We had some technical difficulties around here, but I promise you this episode is totally worth the wait. So I am being joined today on the podcast by Beth Merchant, and I I'm so thrilled to have had her on the podcast. We had like such an amazing discussion about being the default parent. And I know this is something that so many of us are having conversations about right now. And I loved listening to Beth's perspective because she's actually currently on the flip side of it. So Beth has been diagnosed with breast cancer. So she actually is leaning on her partner right now to be the default parent. So she's kind of had to shift her role. And I found this perspective just to be so interesting because it's so different. And I don't think it's something we are always hearing about. For the most part, you are hearing about moms being the default parent. And for the most part, this is true. And Beth talks a lot about how in her previous relationship, she was a default parent. So going into her new relationship, she kind of laid the ground rules down for, for herself and the future of her family. And so we are talking a lot about how you can also do that. And I know what you're thinking. That is not possible. My husband will never do that. I promise you. He just might. You just have to have the conversation. It's a tough conversation. So Beth and I talk about how we've both kind of done that in our household, what that looks like. So hopefully if you are someone who is wanting to shift that default parent to like a 50-50 parenting or 50-50 default parent, I guess, then I hope that you can take something from this episode from my own experience or Beth's experience and realize that you absolutely can have a 50-50 partnership with your partner in regards to parenting. So yeah, this episode is so incredible. I really hope you enjoy it and let me know if you are the default parent. And if you're not, I want to hear about that too. But if you are the default parent and you're struggling with your partner, I hope this conversation gives you a little piece of advice. I hope this conversation helps empower you to know that you do not have to do this parenting thing alone. Anyway, enjoy the episode. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I'm really excited today about my guest. I have on Beth Marchant today on the podcast and welcome Beth. I'm so pumped you're here. I'm excited to dive into this. Yeah. We got to actually meet um, in person on MomFest, which was nice. I feel like the only people I know in this world are all virtual friends. I know. I don't need anybody. Annie and I had the same thing. Like when we were at MomFest, we were like, oh, look, there's all these, like all these people that we've been communicating with over the last, like, especially like through Moms Unleashed, like all these people we've been meeting online. Yeah. But then you, you don't, I mean- how often do you run into them all in one place in person? Like MomFest was such a nice, a nice event to be able to do that. For sure. And the funniest thing I thought of too is like people would say to me, like, oh, are you um honest as a mother? But like I don't know your first name. Or I found like oh, I was doing that yeah. to other people. It was like 
You're the good night sleep site lady. Yeah. Like I know you by your Instagram handle. (laughs) Totally. And all of a sudden it was like, oh, I just realized I have no idea who you actually are. I just know all of what you're about. So what's your name? Yeah. Oh, my name. No, not yours. I know yours. Okay. I was like, do you know, like, this is weird. Even on Instagram, you're just Beth. (laughs) I am. I I know your name. For, it's funny, like for a while I, I separated everything, like my personal and my business and my, like all my hobby jobs of like everything. I just kept everything separated. And then I kind of hit the point where I was like, this is not sustainable. And really like, if you're following me for one of them, it's kind of like, it's a package deal. It's like, sorry, mm-hmm. you might have to listen to some bullshit feminist stuff that you didn't want to hear when you only came for small business information, but like like sorry I'm gonna sneak that in there anyways oh yeah I get that I was gonna do the same I was like should I do like a podcast Instagram but I felt the same way I'm like I just like I can't I cannot maintain two along with everything else it's just too much so yeah either like you get all of me or you get none of me exactly and I and I think as like especially as moms I mean when we're on social media and especially if you run a business there is that kind of pressure to try and be like you know, multiple personalities based on who you're marketing to. And I, at the end of the day, I just like the authenticity just wins out every time because mm-hmm. it's easier to just be what, like, just be your freaking self on one than be f- four different people. Yeah, I agree. And then I feel like it's nice because people who listen to my podcast come for the guests, but then if they're on my Instagram, maybe they get to learn a little bit more about who I actually am. Mm-hmm. Um, cause obviously on my pod, on my guest podcast, I talk about the person I'm talking to and all about them and there's not so much about me. So I feel like, hmm. yeah, you can see who I am, what I bring to the table, but then also like what I do in my business and my family and all the above. Well, yeah. All the stuff, all the things. Well, for anyone who's listening that doesn't know who you are already, could you give yourself just a sure. little introduction, so, whatever you want to share? Yeah. So I, I mean, it's. I've done a lot of things. (laughs) I initially was freelancing as a graphic designer and marketing and that kind of stuff. And I started a group with a bunch of friends for small bit, like we started Small Business Ontario, which was like 30 people. And then we've grown it to 7,600 in the last few years. So, I mean, that group's gone off the rails. Um, And it's nice because I mean like that's where all my connections with like all of the people that I know online like that's kind of like where my little community kind of came from and then as I started kind of coming out of freelancing and more focusing on like more of my business side of like the marketing and like that kind of stuff I've kind of only started taking jobs that I like and that bring me joy and that you know what I mean I've kind of shaved off a lot of the the bulk and then with being diagnosed with breast cancer this summer, I shaved it down even more. I was like, I am not working on anything that I am not passionate about or that I don't like, or that, you know, isn't giving me that creative freedom. Um, so, I mean, I, it, it was a little bit sad cause I, I got lost a lot of clients where I was kind of like, let me send you somewhere else <laughs> for sure. Um, but I, I think that was really necessary. And I mean, I have a 10 month old baby, a seven year old, a 15 year old, a, a partner, a golden doodle. Like it's, it, our house is just nutty. Um, 
but I mean, it, it works really well. And it's now like my partner's on pat leave with our, with our baby. And it's given me that time to kind of still have my career and still focus on like what I want to do. And then, you know, Moms Unleashed came out with Annie after like us shooting the shit on a Zoom call like this, where we were just like a week later, we had a freaking web series and a endless cast of influencer moms that all wanted to share their journeys. And I mean, from there, it's just kind of all over the place. No, I love it. And I, I absolutely love, I watched which one did I watch? The first one, the one. Yeah, that our first, our Renee. second one is uploading now as we speak. Oh, okay. I was like, I feel like I've seen maybe a preview, but I don't know if it was out. But I've so I've watched the first yeah. one. Such important conversations. Oh, I love yeah. it because it's like a, it gave me like talk show vibes. Yeah, but like of moms just kind of shooting the shit. That's exactly what we're going for. We're like, yeah. we need a talk show where moms can just sit here and drink all these bottles of wine and <laughs> just being yeah. realistic about motherhood and about all of the things that kind of come with that. Mm-hmm. There's so many, like, I feel like so many more of us are talking about what motherhood is actually like, Yes, but there's still so much more to do. And even oh, though there's so the many of us, right. And even though there's so many of us talking about it, don't you ever feel like when you say something out loud, all these people are like, oh my God, me too. And you're like, yes, this is so terrible that all of these people are struggling or even you yourself are struggling until you say it out loud, but you mm-hmm. get brave enough. But like, I know when I started saying things out loud, I would sit on them for like four or five months. Oh, for sure. Then well, say and- it. And I'm like, wow, so this, we should just talk about this then. Right. And well, and like, we had a lot of things like when we were sharing like little clips and stuff, I mean, you're your followers that follow, I mean, the people that follow us, follow us for our content and for like, you know, the world that we're in. And I found that they were all really receptive of it. But then when I started sharing little clips and stuff on like TikTok and like that kind of stuff, you then get, you know, this course of men going, well, not all men are shitty parents or not all men are. And it's like, yeah, obviously we know that. Like, we're not saying that all men are shitty parents. We're just saying that in a specific situation, like Renee was sharing, um, you know, how she's the default parent for bedtime because her son just has an easier time going to bed when she puts him to bed. And that's not her husband's fault, but it sucks when she's still the one having to do it. Like, mm-hmm. no one's saying that her her husband wasn't like, you know, she's it's not his fault. And even in the clip, she's going through that. But then like you get those people that are not in your world where they then, you know, feel the need to jump to defense of somebody that like we weren't even saying was anyone's fault. Um, so like the polarized opposites from like our followers and the people that are already in it with us versus like the rest of the world. I think I right now I'm really focused on getting the rest of the world to see, to see it because moms, we all know this shit's hard. Mm-hmm. right and parents in general know this shit's hard but there's not like there hasn't been enough change I think in making it less I don't know hard. in making it less hard like mm-hmm. it's I don't know unless you like start talking about like tools and strategies and like boundaries and like setting all of those things nobody like how are you gonna have that balance in your home if you don't talk about it so I for think sure. getting those discussions started is, has been really like really eye-opening for a lot 
of people. I know for us anyways, like in our house, we, we've always had big discussions like that, mm-hmm. but it's, I, I'm assuming it's not normal in a lot of other situations. Yeah. I assume the same thing. It is the norm over here as well, but we've also had to work to make that our norm. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think if we start talking about it, then we can teach other people, like you can have these conversations with your husband Oh yeah, and you're not going to like make him less of a dad or less of a man for, sure. for having these conversations. Like it was like shocking to me when I actually told my husband what I wanted and what I needed. And he was like, okay. And then he just did it. And I was like, damn, that was that easy. (laughs) I mean, I realize it's not in every situation, but like having a conversation. I mean, if you're for like, well, for us, I mean, we had a a little bit differently in the sense that we started dating when I was 29. So I had just come out of a 10 and a half year marriage and where I was like, I was 110% the default parent. And like, Mm -hmm. I, he, like, he like babysat our children every now and then, or his, you know, or his parents would or something, but like, I I could never go away for like a full chunk of time and leave both kids there. So Mm. the coming from that and then into the dating world, I was very, very clear of like, I am not going back to the barefoot pregnant housewife situation. I yeah. I just I'm like I would rather die. So yeah. when when you're when you're dating as an adult, I mean, then we get you can be really I don't know. I th- I feel like you like you know yourself a little bit better than when you're dating in your 20s or even I mean in my case it was my teens. But you start to set those those boundaries really clearly and so for us, I mean, there was never, we never really had to have the awkward talks after of like, well, I feel, you know, like I'm doing everything because right off the bat, it was always an equal partnership. Mm-hmm. That's totally the benefit of you being older for sure. That's well, But you don't know that yeah. when you're younger, nope. right? So nope. had I tried dating, you know, in my twenties, I would have just, ne- I would have never thought to, to advocate for, for what I wanted out of a relationship. Mm-hmm. and with my partner having been you know like he's the same age as I am so he's as an adult man like he knows how to feed himself he knows how to do his dishes and his laundry and like keep up you know keep his apartment from falling in and keeps a clean house and you know what I mean like so you yeah. like you have those skills already whereas I think a lot of like stereo I don't know I don't want to say like I don't want to stereotype it but it's like a lot of the guys that I had met beforehand were like looking for a housewife totally. <laughs> or looking for like <laughs> sorry I just kicked my microphone over they were like looking for you know somebody to to make their food and make them sandwiches and like you know I want someone I can adventure with and and like have a partnership with like you're not looking for I don't know. I'm not looking for another child. I mean, hundred percent. I did like end up am... having another child, but like, I wasn't looking specifically for that. Totally. It's like, I've, I've said that I've actually said those words to my husband before. Like, I am sorry, but I am not your mother. No. Like, will I throw in a load of laundry for you? Absolutely. Am I going to specifically do all of your laundry for you? Absolutely not. Yeah. Well, and right. I, and I think that's where that discussion kind of comes with. It's like, 
when you're running a household together, you can kind of set those, those responsibilities of like what we all, like what you like, what they like, you know, doing. I, for one, absolutely despise laundry with like the very core of my being. So that's something that he does 95% of the laundry. I will switch it over. I will like, I'll help, but like, I fucking hate it, but I would rather do anything else. So it's like, I will, I will buy all the groceries. I will pick up whatever needs to be picked up on my way home from work or whatever, but I am not, I like, I just do not like to do it. So when you have that discussion really openly and you just say like, listen, this is not something I like doing. And he's like, well, I have no problem folding laundry while I watch the football game. Like it just makes it so much more attainable to have balance in your household. And then you have actual time to enjoy your children. Like if you're not doing, if you as a mother are doing 95% of the household stuff and raising the kids, when do you actually have time to enjoy your kids? Yeah, you don't. You don't. You're just, you're literally just hustling them from one place to another and from one task to another. And you you don't actually have the time to like sit down and enjoy them, which is no. like a huge benefit that I'm I'm finding is that like, I actually have time to enjoy my kids when they're like, when I'm come up, like when I'm done, like I can turn off at, in the evenings and, and enjoy it. Yeah. Even if you think about it, like I obviously can't speak for your experience, but like if I sit and think about my childhood, my mom, my mom was a great mom, but she never sat and played with us or because she had a million things to do. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And my mom was a single mom. So it's a little bit different, but also the same because she wouldn't take the time either because I think she always felt like she had to do all of the things when of course in reality, you could leave the dishes for a minute and go and watch a movie with your kids. Like the dishes will never not be there. (laughs) Well, and, and that's it, right? I mean, a lot of, especially since being diagnosed, like we've definitely like Matt's on pat leave. So he's home with the baby and stuff, but we've, we've definitely like our house is definitely not in the same condition it was before, but we spend more time together. So it's like the important piece. It's yeah. Like, I mean, if you're looking at it, like pros and cons, I mean, my house is a little less clean, but I mean, I'm also happier. So (laughs) right, I will take happiness over, over a clean house any day. Yeah. Okay. So one of the things that you talked about at mom fest that I'm like super interested in pegging your brain on is you've actually had to shift since being diagnosed with breast cancer Mm -hmm. And you are now not the default parent. I am not. So I, I think this is so interesting because I don't think we ever, okay, wait. I also think it's another <laughs> one of these things in motherhood where it's like, okay, I'm the default parent and I hate being the default parent. I feel like I have so much to do, but does it feel like then when you're not, you're like, but I'm not the default parent anymore. Do you know what I'm talking about? How yeah, motherhood there, is like, there this is crazy it's funny. Thing. There's no real way to get out of guilt. Like mom yes. guilt is there regardless. So yeah. I, I mean, since being diagnosed, like I have, so like when I go for chemo, I'll be sick for three or four days after I'll feel Mm -hmm. like absolute shit, which isn't sustainable, obviously for me being in charge, you know what I mean? Like being the default parent while I'm on my ass. So yes, like you're excited and happy that like somebody else is able to pick up that slack seamlessly or mostly Mm -hmm. seamlessly. I mean, obviously we've had a few bumps as we're adjusting to things, but like the baby will cry when he leaves a room 
even if I'm in the room, she'll be like, where's my dad going? And it, and it hurts. You're like, oh, but I am like, you're supposed to love me more than anybody in the world. Cause I brought mm-hmm. you into the world, mm-hmm. but like, that's not realistic when you're not the default parent. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm sure my baby loves me dearly. Like I know she does, but she gets, she gets upset when dad leaves. Mm-hmm. And so like, you do kind of get that whole, like, you feel a little bit guilty, but on the other hand, it's like, she has a relationship with like with her dad that like my other two have never had. Mm-hmm. So like I I get to watch that in comparison and like it's just I mean it's just overwhelming right? Like you you just there's nothing there's nothing nicer than like seeing a man with his baby. And like a yeah. baby that's actually comfortable with him like it's 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 fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um and from like I mean from a like the feminist standpoint or whatever like my son is seven and like his default now when he thinks of like if the baby is stinky he'll just be like I need an adult like somebody has to come change this baby she stinks but his mind doesn't go automatically to oh mom I need you to change the baby his Mm -hmm. his his thought process is different it's now just I need a grown-up to come and do this so even watching like from like the perspective of like the next generation like my kids are now seeing where it's a normal everyday thing for dad to be equally involved at home and dad, mm-hmm. you know, dad to cook dinner and and take care of the baby and like do all of those things. Like, yes, when his pat, leaves o- pat leave is over, like he still has a job and then he'll do less, you know, less housework when he's out of the house more often and you reshuffle those those responsibilities. But while he's home with the baby, he's able to take on a lot more of that that kind of stuff. And it, you just kind of reevaluate that balance as your roles change. Mm-hmm. But having like having that example for like my older two kids as like this is what the norm should be is is game changing because like my fifteen year old daughter is not gonna like not gonna tolerate a man being like I need you to make me a sandwich because I don't know how to cook for myself. Like she's not gonna tolerate that because she'll be like, what do you mean you don't know how to feed yourself? Like. Mm-hmm that's a basic function of a human being. So I think like, it's definitely been interesting doing it, like having done it both ways now. Um, the 50, 50 parent parenting thing is like, it's really nice. Yeah, I would, I would agree. <laughs> I would really, say really so. Nice. I'm like, I feel like we're like 70, 30. <laughs> yeah. We're not quite Which at 50, still 50 better yet. than a lot of situations hundred percent. But I was just like, kind of like beaming on the inside when you're talking about like what you're teaching your older children. Yeah. Because recently, so up until recently, my husband has been, I'm going to, we're going to call him default parent maybe. Yeah. Because he was home with my kids Monday to Thursday and worked weekends and I worked okay. through the week. So he was doing pickups, drop-offs, school, homework, dinner, you know, All of when my, when my daughter was little, he stayed home with her for four mm-hmm. days a week. And now I have a six-year-old son. And recently I said to him, we were talking about what you want to be when you grow up. And he was like, you know what I really want to be? And I can't wait to be. I said, what? He goes, a dad. Oh yeah. Like that. Just your and, heart, man. Yeah. And you're like, and he will play with my daughter and he'll play like with her dolls or whatever. And he loves playing like house, like yeah. dad. And to do all the things and he recently bought 
like this stuffed animal. And he was like, I just, I want to take care of it. It's going to be my pet. And I'm like, this is so incredible. Like, you know, some people have said to me like, oh, you let him play with dolls, but it's like, you know what he does do? He is like watching his dad care for him, take care of him, feed him dinner, do the homework, do the things. And he thinks this is so great that he can't wait to do it. And I'm like, teaching you see that you're like yes and it's funny because I think like you hear so much like when they when people talk about like feminism online you see like everyone's always just like more women in workplaces more women doing all of these things more equality like yes there's that's obviously one very large side of it we need to be able to have women in every single place that we want to be in but in order for us to have the capacity to do that we need men to feel empowered to be caregivers and help with like running the house and like doing all of that kind of stuff too, because how the hell do women have time to go do all of these things that we want to do? If we're also still doing everything we were doing in the 1950s, hundred percent, right? We've gotten all of these, we have the rights to do whatever and be whatever we want to be and the capacity to do it all. But how do you get out of your house and do that and still have a family and still have all these things that you want to have? And as you know, you should be allowed to have and capable to have, but like, we can't work a 40 hour week while raising three children, while doing all of the housework, while doing all of those things. So a very large part in my mind is, is making sure that that next generation of men and, and women as well, because that's what will like, that's what they'll go on to look for in men is finding those men that are raised that you know caring for your baby is a very normal thing taking like you know what I mean like we should this whole praise of like oh my goodness like I can't believe you took the baby to the park yeah well like he's the parent why the hell can't he take them to the park he should take them to the goddamn park well that's what it is right so it's yeah kind of like like when when Matt takes the baby or takes the kids anywhere and then like, I'll have somebody be like, oh, that was so nice that he did like that. He did that. And that's like, okay, but like, that's his daily routine. Like he takes the baby to the gym every morning. Like that's, that's just part of his life. Like that's just that's that's a what pretty he normal part of parenting. Like, oh yeah, for sure. I remember when my husband uh, and I first like had my son and we were talking about, um, like when Chris was going back to work and who mm-hmm. was going to get up with the baby and, and my parents were there. And I said to my dad, well, we'll both get up. And he was like, well, Chris is working. And I was like, so am I. And yeah. my dad was like, well, no. And I was like, no, I am. And I was like, by the way, I didn't have this baby by myself. Right. I am 50% of the parents of this family. So yes, if Chris is tired and doesn't want to get up every night, fine. But he sure as hell isn't sleeping every night because this is also not solely my responsibility. And I just remember my dad was kind of looking at me and my husband like, Oh Lord, what's happening here. But, but now my dad's coming around and he Mm -hmm. thinks it's really great. How, what an involved father my husband is, but he also cannot wrap his head around it at the same time because he's like, what is wrong with you? We get a little bit of that too. Cause it's like, I mean, now I get to see, like, I'm, I'm lucky. I get to see everything in contrast. Right. So Mm -hmm. I have the contrast of having my first two with someone who was really, really not involved in, in them, like in their, in their upbringing. So 
when I, and like, I would make excuses for fit, like about, you know, we'd go to family events and he wouldn't come and I'd be like, oh, he was busy or, oh, he had other things going on. And I'd, I'd make excuses. Right. So mm-hmm. my family never really saw him parenting my kids or, you know, in that, in that role, mm-hmm. like they knew he existed and whatever, but like, there wasn't really that like firsthand accountability of like what it, he was like as a dad. Whereas now, like, my my kids are all different human beings because there's a man actively involved in in like their day-to-day life and then just with like the comparison of like the baby and stuff like my grandparents were like oh my goodness he's so involved and oh he's so like you know what I mean like you you get that that feedback and like for me it's normal I mean it's normal in our house with this baby but like seeing the contrast of like what I don't know, just like the benefits that like this baby comes out having because of the way she's being raised from the beginning. Mm -hmm. It's like, it does, it does like hurt my heart a little bit because it's like, I feel kind of, you know, you feel kind of shitty that like your kids missed out on that opportunity as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And like every now and then, like my older, like my oldest will be like, oh, our baby is so spoiled. Like our baby is so spoiled with love. Like, you know what I mean? Like she's, Mm got all these things that like would have never flown when she was a baby because mm-hmm. that's just like not how it would have worked but they're now like I don't know there's like it's not jealousy but it's definitely kind of like you you recognize like that the baby is definitely like having a baby in your 30s you do have more resources than I did when I was 17 so for sure I have a there is that contrast Absolutely. I have a 17 year old little brother. I'm 34. Oh yeah. So, so you know. I, I, I get it because yeah. I can remember now I'm a mother. So I look at it very differently, but I can remember having those like jealousy feelings mm-hmm. towards him. He was having a different outlook, but my mom was like 43 when she had him. Yeah. So she was more established. <laughs> she was well, not a single parent at 20 five trying to raise two little kids oh yeah well and like so I had my first one at 17 and then my second at 25 and then this one I had at 31 32 32 so I mean it's every seven years like clockwork but out of curiosity how did you find like postpartum in your like well your teenage years and I guess in your 20s and then versus this time so in my teenage years, I like nobody prepares you to have a baby at 17. <laughs> like, no, it is. There is no like you don't do any research. You don't like you fucking you probably wouldn't. Back. No, God, I didn't fucking do anything. I you probably I would be appointments. like embarrassed almost still at 17 yeah. of like that. I yeah. have a vagina. Right. So yeah. I like I had this baby and like I you know, they, they let you go home with this baby and you're just like, I am a child still like this is <laughs> technically this, you were right. Yeah. It's mind blowing. So like you take this baby home and like, they just tell you to like, I don't know, like the support that you get is not really, I mean, I'm lucky. I had a very, very supportive family. Like my mom lived 10 minutes away. She was there all the time. Like I did have a really, really great support system, which I think is the only reason that it came out as successful as I did. Because like, fuck, I don't know how I would, there's no way. I have no idea how I would have managed it without having my family. Um, But that said, this baby, like you you take her home and like we were on welfare and my 
ex-husband at the time was doing like um, an auto mechanics course. So like he was in school every day and I was just like home with this baby on welfare. And I'm like, I don't know. And I am not a person to just sit down like mm-hmm. and do nothing. So I was like, I got to go get a job that I can bring my baby to because I don't have daycare and that's not sustainable. So I I found a job. I went to the YMCA and I was like, I need a job. I'm going to work in your childcare infant room or whatever. And I brought my baby and I was like, I'm going to bring her every day and that's going to be okay. And the lady was a little bit like, well, it's not really normally how we do things. And I'm like, I'm very qualified. And and I'm like 18. And I went in there so ballsy that that lady was like, but, and you know what? I worked there for three years. Like I, I, I worked weird split shifts and I'd walk the two and a half kilometers with the baby in the pouch and it was fine. Like it worked out like great, but I didn't really have time to, to think about how I felt in postpartum. Like I okay, looked back fair. and it was a blur because yep. it was like, I started working when she was six to eight weeks, like somewhere in there, she was a tiny little nugget. Like she hadn't even had all her vaccines yet. Like I started working right off the bat. I, and you're working like these weird long split shifts. So I'd get there at like, I think my first one was like eight to noon. And then I'd work like one to three. And then I'd work an evening shift from six to eight. And I would just have the baby with me mm-hmm. and I'm breast and like you're breastfeeding. So it was like easy. I could feed her anywhere. Mm-hmm. So I was gone from like eight to eight every day with the baby. I was never home. So like, you, you don't even have time to worry. Like maybe I have postpartum depression. You don't have time. <laughs> like there's yeah. no time to have postpartum depression when you're that busy. So that was, I mean, that was an adjustment. And then like with my son, I mean, with, when I had my son, our marriage was kind of already crumbling a little bit. And it was kind of like, I, I don't know, the world I was in was very much like my job as a woman was to have children and, you know, raise these children in the church and, you know, do all these things. So when I was complaining about being unhappy and unfulfilled and all of these things, the resounding answer was, well, have another baby. Cause totally. you're just sad. Cause you're not busy enough. Like you need more kids. Um, so, and I mean, I did always want more kids. So, I mean, like that was a fairly, I was like, Oh, if that's my solution, I can do that. So we kind of had my son knowing like things weren't great at home already. And then it, the, I mean, postpartum, I just threw my whole self into like, I was miserable in my marriage, but I threw my whole self into just the baby. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I started like baby wearing mom groups and, you know, we'd go on hikes in Lions Valley with like all our babies and our little carriers and stuff. And, and I just threw myself into that, that mom community and I built myself like a group of friends and, mm-hmm. you know, you just kind of, it's, you just throw yourself into wherever you can find that joy. Yeah. And then with this one, it's been a, like completely different situation mm-hmm. because I have a level of support that I've never had before. So now it's like, I actually had time this time to like sit with myself after I had a baby and be like, Oh, how do I feel about this? Like I had my baby on Christmas day, came home. We had her at like 10 30 and we were home by like 12 30 for presents and lunch. Um, wow. <laughs> so we were lucky. I mean, like she, we had no complications and really easy delivery. And then I, I came home and my mother-in-law had like, you know, picked up my kids so they wouldn't miss Christmas morning breakfast. And like, I came home to like a whole house full of support, people holding my baby so I could go shower and nap. And like, 
like just so much more support than I would have ever thought came with having a baby. Mm-hmm. So I was a little bit overwhelmed, but like, what am I supposed to do? Like, what do you want me to do? Like, yeah, that would be different, right? Cause you're so used to doing it yourself, doing it all. So then yeah. when suddenly, and she wouldn't like, she wouldn't latch properly. So she was on bottles from the beginning. So my partner was always able to feed her. So right from day one, I had all this, like the baby was half his from day one. Cause, because I mean, that's the way the world is anyways, but I mean, he took ownership of that 50% right off the bat. So then when he went on, he started pat leave in June so that he'd be home all summer with all three kids. And yet again, I'm like, why you, you get kind of, I don't want to say shocked. It's not shock. Isn't the right word, but there was definitely a level of surprise where I'm like, you are willingly going to take your paternity leave in June. So you are home full time with three children. Like, are you crazy? Like, do you, do you know what crazy. that means? He's a bit crazy. We should probably have him assessed. <laughs> right? Like mind boggling. I just, none of it, us want to do it. I don't want to oh, do it. Like not maternity. Yeah. Like I don't want to do it at all. I know it, it was mind boggling. <laughs> I was just like, okay. And it was, nice because I mean like like I said like when we talk about that like I was working from home all summer as well so Mm -hmm. we had so much time together like where you know if we wanted to go out in the afternoon or we wanted to go do get like you know a day trip or something like that we had the capacity and the time to do it and to have everybody home I mean like we looked at COVID and like we were all trapped home with our like with our families for almost two years he was lucky in the sense that he got to work out of the house Mm -hmm. so it wasn't quite that level of lockdown that like I think a lot of families had but I like I was home for two years with kids working from home while they did their online school in and out and all that nonsense and yet this summer when we were all back home it was like we really enjoyed it and it's Mm -hmm. I I look at that and like I can't imagine when my other two were younger, I can't imagine thinking like I would enjoy a whole summer trapped with my family at home. Right. Right. Whereas now I'm like, oh, that's really nice. Like that's, I, I really loved that having that opportunity and it, it's not, I, yeah. Like I, I don't, I wouldn't have had a baby, like another baby if that wasn't the way it was going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, We set those boundaries really like firmly before we had the baby yeah um of like I'm not doing circle time I'm not doing mat leave I'm not like I've given up my career twice already not doing it again like we set those boundaries right from the beginning and then kind of like in these boundaries that we that we both set of like what we expected parenting to be does a baby fit in those boundaries because if a baby didn't then we wouldn't have had a baby Mm -hmm. um but then when it does you're just like it's really freaking nice. <laughs> it's it's yeah, really, it really nice when your baby is like, you know, fits in your world. Yeah. They say that, right? Like you can rearrange your whole world for a baby, but I think you can also fit your baby into your world. It doesn't have yes. to be everything turned upside down all the time. Yeah. And I, I mean, it, it does depend on the baby. I know like mm-hmm. with my, my oldest, she, had a very similar personality to my, to my youngest actually, where they're, they're very outgoing babies. Like Mm -hmm. I, they, we can drop them anywhere. Anyone can take these babies. They love everybody. My son though, 
was like, uh, I guess they, well, what they would now call like a high needs baby. Like he needed to be eight attached inside my shirt all day long, every day, mm-hmm. all day for like two and a half years. I couldn't like, I had to wean him because I literally was like, he would wake up just to see if I had boobs. And I was mm-hmm. like, no, no, we're, we're done with this nonsense now. But he was so attached and only to me. And it was exhausting. Cause like, I like, how do you go anywhere? Like, it's so, it's just, it's so much. Right. Yeah. Whereas like these, these babies, like my, my girls are both so, so outgoing. I can pass them to anyone. They go to play care They, you know what I mean? Yeah. They, they do everything. And I mean, at 15, like my oldest is super outgoing and it, and it's weird to see like those baby traits that they have still kind of stick. Mm, even when they're older like my son is outgoing and social but like he at seven or eight still wants to snuggle me on the couch and I'm mm-hmm. like please never grow up like please snuggle yes. me forever because my oldest is now too cool for it yeah well I saw a picture of your oldest the other day and I was like how do you have a little girl that looks that old but now I understand all the pieces put together nah, just now like you're like I see it now yeah the the 15 year old is is old it makes me feel old. <laughs> well, you know what? I think she makes you look young. Well, thanks. I, you know what it was? Like, I was like a 15 year old. Yeah. I, well, and it's funny. I was like curling her hair for her dance yesterday. And the, we put the baby on the, like the baby was just sitting in her little like high chair thing on the floor, like her little bumbo thing with eating snacks. Cause that's the easiest way to distract her. Yep. And we're curling her hair. And I'm like, I'm like, I feel so old. Like my baby's going to her first homecoming dance. And then like my daughter just like looks at the baby and she's like, huh? and then like, then the baby's going to go to one too. And I'm like, stop it. Like you're aging. You're trying to like age my baby. I'm like, oh, we're going to let the baby the stay a little for like as long as possible. I'm like in no rush for her to walk or do any of the things. I'm like, please take all your time. Take all the time in the world. Just stay like she's tiny. She's only like, she's almost a year and she's only in six months clothing. Like she's just a tiny oh, little nugget. Little peanut. So I'm like, please stay this little forever because it just makes me feel like I've got like this whole other like baby section yeah, of life. Yeah, you got a good back. stretch. Yeah, it's like exactly. my bonus baby. So I'm like just trying to keep her little forever. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay. One last question for you. I was thinking like if there's someone who's listening that is totally 100% default parent, mm-hmm. but wants to not be. Do you have any advice for them? Like how they can even approach this? Yeah. So I, you know what? The first thing I did when I, when I separated, I actually started reading a book called Fair Play and it's just read it. Yeah. It's so good. It's so, you know what? They have that and they have like a deck of cards that you can get that has, um, and I mean, even if you don't use their deck of cards, even if you just write out all the tasks that you guys do in a day and everything doctor's appointments um like scheduling who's in charge of dental like dental stuff who's in charge of school work all that stuff you literally write everything down that has to get done in a day or in a week or whatever and then you put them in piles on who does them now and to see that contrast in most families where it's like mom's pile is like this and dad's got like I do dishes sometimes like it's wild Mm -hmm. so I think the first thing is literally just writing down who does what and what you do in a day. So if you're, say you're a stay-at-home mom and you're working, you're not working, say you're just, you're home, you're home raising kids for eight hours a day where that's your eight hour a day job. 
he has his eight hour day job, whatever, that's fine. You still shouldn't have to default parent the other hours just because your partner was at work all day. Cause you were also at work all day. Yeah. Right. And, and maybe you don't want to have to do the parenting at night. If you've been doing it all day, maybe you want to go buy the groceries or mow the lawn or, you know what I mean? Any of those things. So really having that like hours kind of like broken down and like, these are our two daytime jobs while we're both doing things, but then who does the rest of the work and how does that divide? And honestly, like most of the, most of the men that I've talked to about like the whole, like when you get into the discussions about default parenting and stuff, most of them are really, really open-minded about dividing the work. It's just as a society, we don't like, I don't know, like society has conditioned us to be like afraid to have those discussions. Mm -hmm. But if you have a partner that like loves and respects you, why would he not want you to have that like peace and balance and like take on some of that workload so you can breathe like yeah no no relationship is gonna like no healthy good relationship is gonna be like no you still need to do 95 of everything and I you know what I mean Mm -hmm. so I think like the biggest thing is just communicate like talk to your partner about how you're feeling talk about you know how the the mental load feels and and have those discussions and then set those boundaries on like what you like and don't like doing Because I mean, there is definitely some compromise there to be had. It's just a matter of you got to start the discussion. It's got to start somewhere. You can't just complain that you're miserable and then not ask to fix it. Yeah, you can't really like sit in your misery and expect it to change. No, because it won't. Like it's, there's no way around that. You have to have somebody, like you have to start the discussions. Mm -hmm. Um, I was thinking of something while you were talking. My husband, when he started when I started back at work after my second child and he was home with them more I cannot tell you the amount of times that he would text me and go please kill me like this has been the longest day of my life and I would just look at it and I'd be like I'm so happy (laughs) right because you feel validated I feel would feel validated and then I'd come home and then I'd be like I'm really sorry that you had a bad day, but do you see it now? Yes. Do you see it now? Like yeah. misery loves company. Come sit right next to me. I hate our kids too. Right. And I, and I, it's funny. Like, cause we, we get that a little bit too, where he'll be like, oh man, like she would like she cried all day teething, like just a m- miserable, hard, long day. And I'm just like, yeah, those happen. Yeah. There's those like happen. a little, but it's, it's, it's almost nice to have like a partner who understands how hard it is because then you don't feel, you don't feel like it was you. Like you realize that it's not just me. It's not just me that like with my other two, if I'd get frustrated, I'd think like, oh, well I'm failing as a mother or I'm failing as a woman or, you know what I mean? But it's like, it, the, the fact that I'm not enjoying it is on me, not just on the fact that it's hard. Yes. So now it's like, when, when he validates that by saying like, you know, yeah, like it's fucking, it's been hard today. It's been a hard day of parenting. It's like you, you have somebody to kind of go home, like go home. You like somebody to go to bed to and be like, oh man, today was rough. Like you have someone back you up. It's like, that's Mm -hmm. the point of having a partner is to have somebody who's your partner. (laughs) Like, yeah, no, not just like your roommate who you make food for. Yes. Yes. Well, 
that that's just it. And anybody who is listening, who thinks any of those things, the motherhood is really that hard. All of this shit is really hard. And I don't think asking for your partner to be a supportive partner is a bad thing. It's not radical. It's really not Mm -hmm. that radical. No. So I say, pull the trigger, have the conversations Mm -hmm. and watch how much better you will feel when you get that text. Oh, he also is having a hard day. You're going to feel so good. I used to show it off to my coworkers before I'd respond. I'd be like, everybody look, my husband's so miserable <laughs> and I'm so happy. And they'd be like, what? The people and they're like, kids what's wrong be, with you? The people without kids would go, why is he miserable? Give it time. Give it yeah, time. It's like, wait, wait till your second kid and you let me know. <laughs> yeah, or even your me, first kid, right? Like it, it's me a call. Yeah. Call yeah, me when you're sure. a parent. Well, and it's funny, like that thing too, like we saw a lot of like, um, just with like that mom mental health episode or whatever, we saw a lot of like kickback where people are like, well, why doesn't she just talk to him? Like, it doesn't have to be so hard. And I'm like, you don't have kids yet. No, you don't have kids. Mm. Mm. I now no get way. the comment. You just don't have children yet. You'll get there. Mm-hmm. Or you're in a really supportive relationship, but like most people either are and don't know they are, or maybe they're just not like I was, mm-hmm. I am in a super supportive marriage, but still struggled to have those conversations of because course. I've always felt like it's my job. I'm the mom. Mm-hmm. I'm the wife. It's my job. But in reality, it's, it's not my job. It's 50% my yeah. job. Well, and it's a big part too, that like we had a discussion about recently with, um, I forget who I was talking to either way, recently had a discussion about how like we, as women, we sign up for babies thinking we're, you know, we're getting these like adorable little things that we're going to dress in little outfits and make a really pretty nursery. And we're going to, you know, snuggle them to sleep and do all of these beautiful things. And then like, we don't realize that like, it's like, I never signed up to be a default parent. Mm -hmm. Like none of us ever optionally choose that we want to do 95% of everything. Mm -hmm. That's That's like, it's not something we sign up for. And yet somehow we default into thinking we need to, and that that's just what our role is as a mother. And like your role as a mother does not automatically sign you up for making every dentist appointment. It does not sign you up for automatically doing all of the household work while working, while raising children, while trying to find some, you know, hobbies and passions and all of these other things. Like just deciding to be a mother should not automatically sign you up for that. Mm-hmm. Agreed. <laughs> and so often it does. Could not agree more. Well, before I wrap it up, I'm going to leave you with a story. Well, I was at mom fest on Wednesday night, my kid got croup. Of course she did. She could smell of my course. freedom. Right. Yeah. And my husband was at work on Thursday. So he has a brand new job. He cannot call in sick. Cause he's trying to get on the full-time train. Right. Yep. So of course, so I called my, my support system. They came in, they took my kid so I could still go to mom fest and whatever else. So Friday I was still in Toronto. I stayed overnight. I had a work conference on Friday. Mm-hmm. My husband texted me and said, I'm going to keep the kids home and I'm going to take them out and do something. And I was like, okay, cool. Sounds great. He texts me about, I don't know, a couple hours later. Hey, the school called. I said, okay, what did they want? He goes, you didn't call them out. Oh, but he's took them out. <laughs> I said, I didn't take them out. And he goes, well, I thought you would have called the school. And I said, I'm at a work conference. You're with I, them. Yeah. So like, just for anybody who's listening to that thinks like we have it so easy, like these conversations have to continue. Like I still had they to do. go home that night and say, Hey, so I know this is like really no. hard for you to understand, but 
you were with them and I was at work. So I need you to pick up the phone or log on to the little app and, and log them out sick. of school. It is not solely my responsibility. And yeah. he was like, oh, okay. I just thought, nope, please don't think. Just you do have it. to do it too. Yeah. <laughs> just do it. Just and do if it. you're not sure, ask me, hey, mm-hmm. do you need me to call the kids out sick? Yes. As a matter of fact, I do. Yeah. It's yeah. It's crazy. Erin Pepler actually has a good story about like the schools where she like forgot her, her husband dropped them off, forgot lunches. Then they called her to say that he forgot lunches. So she was like, why are you calling me? Like, why I, are we not calling him? And then so then he dropped them off and then it was like the wrong thing or something. And then they called her back again to say he dropped off the wrong thing. And she was like, I am not here. Like, like. <sighs> She's like, coming on my podcast in a couple me? weeks. Just, I'm going to ask her. Oh, yeah. Ask her about the story of the lunch bags. It's hilarious. Oh, well. Oh, my gosh. Well, thank you so much for this conversation. Thanks for sharing your experience as both default and not default parent. No problem. We need, we need to hear all of the things. And everybody needs to know that whatever side of the defaulting parent they're on, they're, they're not alone. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. So thank you very much. Where can everybody follow you, find you? How can they watch Moms Unleashed? Yeah. So we're, I mean, if you want more mom talks, we are Moms Unleashed on Instagram. And if you're looking for me personally, I'm just Beth M. Marchant um, on Instagram as well. And then, or BethMarchant.ca. I have all my website shit there too. So yeah, we're uh, all over. It'll be in the show notes too. So if anybody's Perfect. scrambling to write anything down, just look in the show notes. It's all there. <laughs> Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Beth. And thank you guys so much for tuning into another episode. And we'll talk to you next week. See ya. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Honest as a Mother podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. I'm really looking forward to hearing from you.